Chicago, that famous second city and home to BAI, is perpetually concerned with where it ranks. And that's no different when it comes to its status in the fintech world. So, is Chicago a worldwide fintech player? Or is it even on the radar? To help identify where Chicago stands and to hear about what's happening in Chicago that would interest the wider fintech community, this week we'll talk with Michael Bush of Burling Bank and Lisa Curran of Fintechs. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that'll help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. It is wonderful to have you here with us. And before we get to this week's guests, a word from one of our sponsors. Looking to grow your business? Harlan Clark has served financial institutions for 140 years. From marketing programs and checks to research and analytics, Harlan Clark has a singular goal, helping you grow. Learn more at harlandclark.com. And don't forget, registration is now open for BAI Beacon. That takes place October 4th and 5th in Atlanta. To learn more about the fast-paced financial services conference, visit baibeacon.com. And today on the program, we have a special treat for you. FinTech is a very hot topic. We have two people here that are right on the cusp of what's happening, Michael Bush and Lisa Curran. Michael Bush is president of Burling Bank. Michael is responsible for overseeing bank operations, planning policies, and practices. We should mention that Michael previously served as assistant White House press secretary to President George H.W. Bush. Lisa Curran, CFA, is co-founder of FinTechs, a nonprofit member-driven organization seeking to expand Chicago's role as a center of financial technology innovation. She's a management consultant and sought-after business advisor. And previously, Lisa was director of strategic planning at Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Michael and Lisa, pleasure to have you here with us. It's a pleasure to be here today. Yeah, thank you for having us. So let's cut right to the chase. Is Chicago a fintech hub or isn't it? An article in our very own Crane's Chicago Business is entitled, Chicago Should Be a Fintech Hub, So Why Isn't It? On the other side, World Business Chicago has a very thoughtful piece by Chicago Next's Mark Tebe. And the title of that piece is Chicago Fintech, The Rising Star of Innovation. Lisa and Michael, I'm turning to you. Which is it or is it somewhere in between? Chicago is unquestionably a fintech hub, and that's reflected in the latest Deloitte, InnoTribe, Global Federation of Fintech Hubs survey, which ranked the top 44 fintech hubs in the world, where Chicago came in number five. How about that, number five? It's in part in credit to our diverse ecosystem. So in Chicago, we have a collection of both very large firms, like the ones you mentioned in the article, down to the very smallest of startups, two or three kids in a college dorm room working on their latest idea, all collaborating together to build the ecosystem to something that's really unique among global fintech hubs. And Michael, what are your perceptions in so far as all of this is concerned? Yeah, I would agree with Lisa that it is and it should be. Chicago has a great history of innovation with the derivatives markets. 
which is an industry that both Lisa and I are familiar with, with her work at the CME, and I was a former trader at the Board of Trade. So Chicago has a deep history of innovation. There's no reason why we should cede any position to either coast on why Chicago can't be a leader in fintech. And Lisa, what do you see from your perspective in terms of the relationship that startup fintechs can have with banks? One of the things that makes Chicago unique is that our innovation happens equally distributed across the large organizations and the small organizations. And what we've found in our experience is that the larger organizations are very receptive to working with the startup community, whether it's in a partnership role, a client role, or even just a volunteer mentorship role to build connectivity across the organizations. So here in Chicago, startups have the opportunity to have easy connectivity into the established financial community to see where those relationships can expand. Fantastic. And with all the technology, right, it's still all about relationships. It is. The fintech innovations of mobile deposits, remote capture, those are ubiquitous. Every bank has to have those in order to remain relevant. And so fintech doesn't necessarily need to be complex. I think oftentimes people hear the word, they're A, either tired of hearing it, or they think it needs to be revolutionary. And there are small incremental improvements that provide a better user experience that every bank can have now. And certainly the bigger ones lead the way often, but as fintech becomes flatter, and as Lisa mentioned, that there might be two or three people in a dorm room with an idea that becomes more accessible for all banks to be a part of, either as a user of that technology or a provider of that technology or just a supporter of that technology. Now, Lisa, with fintechs, it is extraordinary what you're doing. How are you trying to build that connectivity in terms of relationships that fintechs have with other organizations or even that people have with other people? We were founded about three years ago. And the first thing that we noticed was in Chicago, compared to other fintech hubs, people are very entrenched in their existing business circles. And there aren't the large lateral networks that you see in cities where people change jobs more often. So the first thing we did was look to build on the personal level, how do we connect people in similar businesses at similar points in their careers to get to know each other so people can see what's going on across a broad spectrum of companies, as opposed to always being inwardly focused both within their companies and within their industries. We also work on an institutional level through Currency, which is our FinTech center of excellence, to set up relationships between established companies and the startup community. We run programs that are speed mentorship, where the startups say what they're looking for in a mentor or a business partner or an investor. And we work with the established companies to identify what kinds of technologies and startups they're looking to meet, and then set up speed networking events. So it's sort of like Tinder for fintech startups, and relationships can build from there. And we also have a series of events where people who are interested in similar topics can come learn about the topic and get to know each other. FinTech isn't even what it was five years ago. And five years from now, it could be even more extraordinarily focused in areas such as artificial intelligence or blockchain. What is most exciting to you right now? What do you see? The... Opportunities are big and small. On a small level, it might be 
uh, small business lending platforms. And obviously the big conversations, blockchain is a very popular conversation right now. But to your point, we don't know what it's going to look like in five years, and it's come so far in the last five, that in order for a bank to remain relevant, we think it's imperative that the leadership of that bank be active in the conversation. And a bank possesses a unique role in that ecosystem. We deal with the clients on the deposit side, providing a lending facility, potentially as an investor, as I mentioned before, a user or provider. And so the bank can provide that introduction to regulators that a startup may need, but we need to stay abreast of these technologies as they develop and see where they are both a threat and an opportunity. And often it's both. I definitely would not recommend that somebody stick their head in the sand and think that FinTech is not happening. It's here and it's moving rather fast, which makes the regulators a little nervous at times. And so a bank often has to go at the pace of regulation. FinTechs and financial institutions can work together to address that challenge. Uh, Yes, our experience thus far with FinTechs is they provide a great forum for conversation. Banks aren't great about doing that on their own, talking with their peers. And there are certainly other forums out there, but unique to Chicago, FinTechs is a great aggregator of individuals who may not run into each other and provide the forum to discuss that specific topic and learn from each other and also see where we can collaborate with each other. You know, innovation requires collaboration, especially if we're trying to move forward as an ecosystem for the good of Chicago. And historically, fintech has undergone an evolution from being largely in the back office of established institutions, changing the way that banks did what they currently did, to now being more of a human-facing front office function, changing both how banks do things, but also over time, I think it's going to change what they do. So one of the best definitions I've heard of fintech to date was the use of technology and financial services to improve the customer and client experience and to enable people to do things that they weren't able to do in the past. And I think as we watch this evolution, although it's hard to predict exactly what those things will be, I think the doing new things is going to become more and more important. Customer experience has been a hot topic for 2017. That conversation is going to keep recurring in 2018. What are some of the needs that fintechs can help address there? Blockchain, which is in its very early days, is one of the technology platforms that has the opportunity to change just about every facet of somebody's long-term financial life. So it has the ability to track a transaction from beginning to end, which in some cases, like in an equity trade, it's from the IPO when the stock is issued through its entire trading life cycle until the company goes out of business or the stock is retired you know, in some kind of M&A transaction. And you'd be able to look at and trace all of the different owners of that particular share very transparently. And that's only one of the many things that we look at institutions who are looking at blockchain, whether it's smart contracts that know how to execute themselves some of the terms of the contract, whether it's in the real estate market where you could do an entire real estate purchase and mortgage through securitization, all traceable, 
So there's really new things that are out there that will bring transparency to a lot of what's going on today. Looking ahead to the near term, what hopes do you both have, whether it's the increasing of the community, the growth of the fintech scene in Chicago, new things that might come online. What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the growth of the community, partly because that's what fintechs does, but also because that's what causes the cool things to happen. When people interact, when people get outside perspective on their problems, share their perspective on the problems at other organizations, that's where creativity sparks, and to me, that's what's exciting. The excitement is collaborating with these fintech startups. They often have a very good, mostly well-shaped idea, but sometimes it needs some further refinement. And especially as a potential user or provider of that service, having a conversation with the bank leadership or the people responsible maybe for that area in a bigger bank helps them refine that idea and make it more user-friendly, more marketable. And that introduction from a bank and that backing from a bank, whether it's financial or just mentorship, can be meaningful to how that is perceived and received when that idea comes forward. And so that ability to connect with Chicago startups with a bank and get that mentorship, whether it's fostered by fintechs or is found on its own, it's just important to let the startups know that there are banks in Chicago that want to encourage what they're doing to work with them and for them to become clients, either at the outset or initially, whatever their needs are. Our job is to facilitate and serve the needs of our community. That includes startups. And so, you know, banking doesn't have to be exotic. A startup may just need a deposit account. They may need a lending facility in the future to help them with their timing needs. Or they may need introductions to private equity investors. A bank can provide those introductions and be a valued partner with that startup. Fantastic. Some terrific insights today, insights that the two of you are so uniquely qualified to offer us. I learned a lot. And I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot as well. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Michael Bush is president of Burling Bank and Burling Ventures. You can look for him on LinkedIn, and you can also look for Lisa Curran, co-founder of Fintechs. For more information on the nonprofit, be sure to visit fintechs.org. That's F-I-N-T-E-X.org. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, to maintain relevance in the fintech world, be active in the conversation. Instead of viewing fintech as a threat, you can view it as an opportunity and by being part of the conversation, be in on those opportunities. Number two, banks need to consider not so much how they do things, but what they do. FinTech will be looking for ways that banks can do things that they haven't done before. If you're looking for a big key, look at blockchain. It can trace an entire life cycle of a transaction from beginning to end, and the use of smart contracts on blockchain marks an exciting opportunity for convergence between banks and FinTechs. And number three, Innovation requires collaboration. A bank can help a fledgling startup achieve maturity and critical mass. 
banks can provide needs that need not be exotic. For example, basic services that startups need, such as loans to take on growth and introductions to key people in the industry. But keep in mind, not all startups are equal. And as banks reach out to make those partnerships, it pays to take time to see who's ready for prime time. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Do you strive to continuously deliver exceptional customer experiences yet struggle with accelerating technology demands? Then you need a partner that helps you adapt as fast as your customer's expectations. For more than 30 years, Pegasystems has been helping banks build for change to ensure consistent, personalized, and relevant interactions. Pega delivers real CRM with real automation, real intelligence, and real results. Visit pega.com to find out more. Soon I'll be packing my bags for BAI Beacon, which will take place October 4th and 5th in Atlanta, Georgia, because as a fintech hub, Atlanta is where the action is. What makes Atlanta so special? We spoke recently with Don Campbell, the managing principal and president at WriteCourse in Alpharetta, Georgia. Don is also a member of the Technology Association of Georgia, or TAG, which works closely with Georgia fintech companies. He was also a guest earlier this year on our podcast. Don explained to us why Atlanta may well be the payments capital of the world. We aren't so much a banking center as we are a payment processing center. We're processing transactions as cards are being swiped, whether they're prepaid, credit, debit. We capture the information, process, or refuse a transaction if it's being run in a fraudulent way. We do about 36 billion transactions through about 4 million merchants around the world. <laughs> wow. I guess you could say Atlanta is all that and a bag of chips. EMV chips, of course. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. And as you check out our archive, connect with BAI on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. Be sure to tune in next week when a new podcast goes up. I'm Lou Carlozo, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.